You can speak now. Wait, are we good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are, 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 I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, thank Christ. Okay, so, um, right. Okay, so welcome to Evil Tea Podcast episode forty-five. Uh, this month is going to be a really, really weird one. Um, so. Obviously, uh, with everything going on, we are now completely separate trying to record this. So uh, Colin is going to do his damnedest um, to keep us all sort of sounding all right and not sounding like we're all inside a biscuit tin recording when you, this. When you say do do his damnedest, uh, fail. <laughs> just twiddle with, just twiddle fail. with all the buttons. <laughs> um, so you've got myself, uh, obviously. Uh, you've got Colin, thankfully, who's doing all the buttle, the button twiddling. And for the first time in a while, we've got Eugene back. Uh, Eugene joins us from across the pond. <laughs> the river. Uh, across the river. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why that came out. Um, so we're, we're going to do, but we're going to call the episode 45. We're calling this our, our quarantine special. Um, we actually all haven't seen each other. And actually, when was the last time we actually all seen each other? I seen Colin like two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, that's right. You, you just went out for your, your social distance walk. Um, that's right. So we got to be photos of that. I have to admit, I did laugh at that photo because you looked like you were all just like marching two meters apart. Who was it? Was at the front that took the selfie? That was yourself, was it, Huge? It was, yeah. Because you just see all the wee heads slowly getting smaller behind yours. And obviously, you've got that big, bald, muscular head at the front. So it's pretty funny as all the wee heads get smaller behind you. Well, actually, you know what? We'll pop that up on our. Uh, We'll pop that up on our Facebook page, which I must log into again um, and sort out because I haven't done anything since I got my new phone. But yeah, folks, we're going to try it. We're going to, because obviously with everything going on, we still want to try and bring you a, a bit of lightheartedness during all this. Um, we know, you know, times are trying and things like that. So we're going to try and bring you a bit of crack. So um, what are, well, we're going to be talking about basically what we've been doing during all this. And I know you might be thinking, well, I don't give a damn what you've been doing, but you might hear what we've been doing and think, oh, I might give that a try, you know, try and help pass some time, you know. We, we know it's not been easy, but there there has been stuff that's been going on as well, so myself and Colin have been playing the new Streets of Rage after 26 years of waiting. That'll be cool. Um, I've been playing Resident Evil 3 Remake. Um, there was a whole hoo-ha about the rele- release of the Doom soundtrack. That'll be discussed. Um, Colin watched the reveal of the Xbox Series X um, with some games we fancy talking about there. We'll obviously have our usual, uh, the real waifus of the Evil G Hills. And we'll also do our gushing about AEW because that's still been going on. Uh, but sadly, for the first time ever, uh, we will not have a beer necessities, yeah, I'm be. afraid, folks, because we just we weren't able to get anything organized because obviously we're all in separate places. So trying to get a beer for us all to try at the same time was going to be pretty tough. Um, but we'll get delved in. We'll get delved in. And sure, we'll start off with, um, obviously, it is our quarantine special. So, guys, I know, I know I've been reading a lot more books and playing a lot more vinyls and things like that. Uh, but yourselves, I mean, have you, have you taken up anything new to try and help, you know, stay sane during all this madness? New? New? Um, well, not new, but, you know, have you, have you found yourself doing anything more that you maybe only just did a wee bit now and then of. I was mucking about with emulators. This is I probably shouldn't say this because this isn't legal. Ah, <laughs> everyone at some stage in their life has used an emulator, man. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I, if uh, if all our famous listeners that we say listen to our podcast are listening, oh, you're in trouble now, son. 
Nintendo's <laughs> going to be jumping down your throat. Um, and Miyamoto's going to be ringing. Yeah, so I was I was messing around with uh, an emulator called RetroArch, uh, which is kind of like it, it's it's not an emulator itself, but it uh, it's supposed to be able to, like you know you can play everything from from this one application, um, and you right. basically install cores to it, which are the the actual. Um, things that are emulating the games for the different systems and that um, like specifically what I've been trying to do is PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 emulation um, to play a few survival horror games which I would be happy to pay for if someone would put them up on their store with backwards compatibility I'd be more than happy to pay for them what is it uh, in you know. particular you're looking for, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, so the the first thing I was playing was um, uh, Parasite Eve. I wanted to ah, try. Yeah. I've never played Parasite Eve, the original, uh, which is on PS One, and was uh, Square's attempt at a survival horror game. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a Final Fantasy meets Resident Evil. But it's got this really cool combat system where it's not quite turn-based, but it's not quite real-time either. You're running around in real-time um, when one of the random encounters happens. Uh, and you, like Final Fantasy, you've got an action bar that fills up and then you sort of hit X and it pauses everything and gives you like a, this sort of dome thing, and yep. which is where you can attack people from. And then you... Um, you also got abilities, really in-depth weapon uh, upgrades and armor upgrades and stuff. And um, yeah, I always played the second one, but never, never the first one. So the, the second Time one is, uh, is a little less uh, adventurous and, and plays mm. it a bit closer to a standard Resident Evil game. I'm the same. I played the second one, but again, I've, I've never ever played the first one. Um, I have. I bought the second one on the PlayStation Vita because you could buy PS1 games on your Vita. So I've always heard about Parasite Eve, so I bought it, played through it. And there are some genuinely creepy moments in it. Um, like, I'll never forget, there's the... Well, you play the second console, so you'll remember this. There's the level like where you're in like the sort of backwards, sort of run-down town. Yeah. And like for most of the level, you can just hear this woman screaming randomly. Yeah. And your objective is to try and reach this woman and she's just screaming the entire game and it's and then when you actually get to her, that's when you realise what the fuck's going on. Um but yeah, yeah, I, I never got to play the first one. But I I actually have it downloaded. I've never I, I do I can play it but I haven't actually got around it yet. I have it on my <coughs> mini PlayStation One that is totally legal with oh, everything yeah. I did with it. <laughs> I so didn't do the- anything to it. The PlayStation 1 emulator that I'm using, or the, the core, it's called PCSX, is actually the same one that's in there. Oh, is it? No, I don't know. Uh, did they pay the people that made that for for that, or did they just go, I we're putting this in here and there's nothing you can do about it? I don't know, but uh, let's say I upgraded my mini PS1 and it now uses AutoBleam. That's what mine uses. AutoBleam. AutoBleam. So you actually put a different one in, right? Well, they're, they're, I'm pretty sure the original one is this uh, PC SX, which is you're, a, you're probably right. 
because uh, I, I know when it loads up, there's all these different things flash up, and PCSX is one of the things that flashes up. Ah, well, but I think go, uh... with what I've done to it, I've changed it to auto bleed, which allows me to upgrade the graphics and you know run at sixty frames and things like that. So that's why. So yeah, PCSX it. does it. So I've was messed about with the the PCSX two as well, um, and I was just just to see what you could do. So uh, uh, I got a an ISO for the game Haunting Ground. You ever hear that? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, it was originally Is that the one in the school? Game. No, it's not in a, in a school. It, it's in a big sort of castle. Um, All right. What, what's what, the, oh, sorry. I was thinking of the Rose one, the one where you're in like the oh, school or something. Maybe Rule uh, of Rose. Sorry. Um, so Haunting Ground is the the one where you have a dog. Yes. Um, yeah, is it, it was... did it start life as a clock tower game yeah, and then got yeah. changed or yeah. Ah. yeah, yeah, it did. Sorry, I'm just um, yeah, Capcom. Um, it's an all really uh, underlooked uh, game where it's actually really, really good, but it got overshadowed mm. by a different Capcom game that came out uh, nearly alongside it. You probably heard of it, uh, Resident Evil Four. Oh, <laughs> so, oh so dear, like, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I might have heard of that one. one. I. <laughs> Um, so as I'm working out with stuff like that, um, you know, going in to the the hardware acceleration and and changing, you know, try and upscale it to you know at least 1080p, um, mm-hmm. and get um, yeah, having it running at 60 frames a second, which you can do, you can severely break shit as well, but um, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of cool to do uh, to, to so mess about with. I never knew that. Uh, I've, Sorry, folks, if you're listening to this and going, how nerdy are you bastards? But I never knew that the PCSX2 software existed. So because it does, I can see a mini PS2 being released. Yeah. No reason why they couldn't. Well, the only reason why they wouldn't is because of the shitty sales of the first one. Maybe. Ah, but the, see when they you see when they dropped the price and people learned how to mod it, it did sell quite well. And, you know, it actually has done quite well for itself. When the price was dropped and uh, the mod was released, hmm. Yeah. I th- I honestly think they deliberately made it easy to upgrade because of that reason. Let's be honest, the twenty games they put on the original mini PlayStation, they had maybe three games that you might have been interested in playing. Yeah. Whereas when you look at the likes of the mini Mega Drive or the mini uh, Snares. They were all classic games that they put on it. There was no game that you looked at and went, "Oh Jesus, why is that there?" You know, because there was some very odd choices on that mini play, like Mr. Driller. What the fuck is Mr. Driller? I've, I've never even heard of it. I've heard of it, but See, there's a lot of right stuff yeah. as well. But at the same time, True. you know, I, I think. The fact that people took that and immediately started putting different emulators on it and cracking open so you can mm. put whatever you want on it, as it goes to show that people want a way to play the old oh, games. Um, and if you had a way of doing that, well, they got PlayStation mm. now, but I don't even think does PlayStation now go have PlayStation no. two? No. Nope. Does not. Yeah. I know there is demand for old 
for old games. I mean, to the point where you, you can now buy PS2 games on your PS4, but the money they're looking is kind of ridiculous. It really is. I mean, some PS2 games are like 16, 17 pounds. And they're like, uh, how many years old? Exactly. And then you're getting, we'll talk about it in a moment, but just a quick example Streets of Rage 4 got released there, brand new game for 20 pounds. So why would you pay 16, 17 pounds for a near, you know, 15, 16 year old game when you get a brand new game for 20 pounds? It's like, come on, guys, do you, you know, think sensibly about it? Nostalgia tax. Nostalgia tax. <laughs> that's what that is. That's, that's yeah. pure what it is. You're 100% right, man. You're 100% right. Colin, but, I mean, I'll uh, leave another on because I would like to try out G Police and Colony Wars again. I still have old cravings to go back to them. I can't find them anymore. I have those. She, I, I have those on my mini PlayStation. She has those. Bastard. It's, it's easy to do. Like, Retro Arch is, is nearly. Like, just download it and go. But mm. there, there's some stuff you have to do around ISOs. Um, oh, so I learned so. about those very quickly. Fuck. <laughs> uh, uh, like, the. The, the the chip file that yeah. identifies it uh, as a PlayStation. Uh, uh, there's, so there was the, with the when I <coughs> upgraded the mini PlayStation, I noticed that there was two types of file I was able to download. One was the ISO, which was a CD rip. Right. Yeah, ISO and is, the other is a CD was. Image. The, you need so the other was basically the digital version that you could download off the PlayStation Store. They put oh. those up as well, but those were for people who had maybe like modded Vitas or modded PSPs, so that would read it yeah. digitally. So you had to have the CD rip for the mini PlayStation, which yeah. I'm guessing is the same that your RetroArch would use. Um, yeah, and then one other thing you have to figure out. Well, RetroArch you can actually uh, emulate. Uh, PSP or uh, oh. I'm pretty sure there's a, a Vita core out there as well where you could probably wow. and you get the, the PSP and Vita versions of certain or it's mostly PSP mm. versions of PS2 games um, nice because they were and, slightly updated and you, you get a lot of people doing this work who, no I mean fan ported like not that oh, like PS2 right. games that never showed up on a PSP and they've been like people have gone and poured them over to the PSP so then you can have a PlayStation 2 emulator that you can take around with you. Um, nice. The other tricky thing is the messing around with BIOS files. Um, so mm. the, the BIOS is the thing, it's basically an ID tag for a PlayStation. Kinda. It's probably mm. a real shitty way of uh, describing it, but um, I, if I Sorry. No, I was just going to say, if, if that's the easiest way to describe it, I mean, like, we're not trying to over-nerd here on people listening. It's... <laughs> I don't even know if that's a good, like, I'm saying, I don't know if that's a good way to describe it or not, but it's like, <laughs> as far as my limited understanding of it, it's kind of how it acts as um, when the, you know, the software boots, uh, it, it looks at this, this BIOS and says, I this is a... a an official PlayStation and then boots the game. Um, so you need to get your hands on a BIOS from an actual PlayStation. 
Um, it right. sort of identifies the the model, and, you know, the the version of it and all that. Um, Why a PlayStation Three you sitting there? It's not even use it anymore. A PlayStation Two. Well, yeah, you could probably somehow get the BIOS out of that. I'm not sure how you do that though. Um, yeah. So that that's Jonas. that's fun to mess about with, and yeah, uh, fuck Sony. <laughs> Moving on. You can't stop me. What about yourself, Huge? Have you been doing anything a bit more, or started up a new hobby or anything like that? No, I'm just rewatching shows that I've rewatched plenty of times. It's because you no know, fuck watching's on now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've just been rewatching old shows, ones that I enjoy. I'm planning Battlestar Galactica next. And I'm also just watching a few shows on Netflix and continuing to play games online like WoW and stuff. So this yeah. is definitely the right time though for show binging. Like, do you ever, like before when you were like, oh, I'd love to sit down and watch such and such, but I don't have the time. It's like, well, you do now. So take all those shows that you always said I would really love to watch and just sit and watch them. Like you've nowhere, there's there's nowhere open, there's nowhere to go. Now is the time to sit down oh, with you know. I'd like to name drop somebody then, Amy. Okay. Kill Red. the Kill. Get on it. Oh, all right. I, that's right. You've been talking about her trying she to watch that first. She is never going to watch Kill the Kill. Promises were made, Colin. <laughs> you, you, Promises were made. <laughs> Promises get broken, though. And I think you should <laughs> probably just accept it and move on nope. with your life. <laughs> no? Nope. He'll never move on. He will. Till it, till, see when you just land in his deathbed. And Amy's, you know, stand over him going, don't worry, it's going to be peaceful. The last words you're going to say before you go are, watch it, you bitch, kill the cow. <laughs> or, you know, or you'll just get it on your gravestone. <laughs> Amy, remember when you said you'd watch Kill the Kill? Get on it. So oh, are graves, gravestones are going to have screens in the future? Why not? Oh, you mean write oh. that on the gravestone, not actually have Kill a oh, Kill yeah. playing on loop on the gravestone? Because that's what I well, want on who, my gravestone. <laughs> who, who knows? Who knows what gravestone? I've always said that I wanted my gravestone to have a playable version of Tekken, which only got one pad, and King is set to very, very hard, and all you can do is play against King, and because he's on the hardest difficulty, it'll beat the shit out of you, so I can still win when I'm dead. I'll still beat it. <laughs> You'll bring Simon just to my gravestone. <laughs> yeah. So I remember, remember uh, he said he could beat you in a fight. He's <laughs> still saying it. Get at it. He's still slaver. Get him. Oh dear. Oh dear. Um, as for myself, I've just been uh, reading through some books and stuff. I mean, like I said, there's not there's not too much else to do. But I've, I reread through. Um, Dean Kuntz's Frankenstein series because Scott is always asking oh I need a new sci-fi book to read and I have told him so many times he would love Dean Kuntz's take on Frankenstein it's so fucking good but he's never bothered reading it so I reread it again absolutely excellent um, I love the take on it because um, I'll talk very quickly just don't worry uh, in this so it's Frankenstein and he's in the current day and age but he literally is the original Frankenstein from Mary Shelley's book and he he hates that original book because she obviously heard the stories about this mad doctor and she wrote this book. But in the actual event, he was this crazy psychopath and the monster was actually terrified of him. 
because he wanted to create an army of these monsters to take over the world. So in, in, in actual reality, Frankenstein's a psychopath and he sort of mod, he sort of like does stuff to himself so that he can live so long and all. And it's it's really, really cool. And basically it's all about the monster coming back after years of living a life of solitude to stop Frankenstein because he's got this new plan to take over or to replace the world's leaders with all his new creations. It's very good. Some shit. I do, but it's really good. But now I'm reading Sandman Slim. So it's basically, Dinkus is brilliant. I love the way he writes things. Um, but Sam Slim's about weird writer. He is. He's he's very. I think that's, the thing I enjoy about Dean Koontz is that he, uh, like, you know, why some writers will um, describe people, right? Like, obviously, your first, uh, you know, first time hearing of this character, but then a couple of chapters later, they'll describe them again, and then maybe. If they do a second or third book, they'll describe them again in like so much detail. Where Dean Kutz gives you one description, and that's it. He doesn't waste time describing the people again. You get a picture of this person in your head through this description, and that's it. They are with you then the whole book. He doesn't take. T- he doesn't waste time describing the same person several different times. I think it's really cool the way he does that. Um, it, it just means it, it feels like. Because I, I remember reading a, a few books. Uh, you know those people that claim to be, or they write in Tom Clancy's name? Ghost Riders? You know, like, well, that, that I, happens. I, yeah, Tom Clancy's dead. Like. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember reading a, a Tom Clancy book. I can't remember yeah. who actually did it. But this book was like six or 700 pages long. But there wasn't that much happened in it because the guy was just too busy describing everything. I was like, I, I don't like books where like it's like nothing happens. I prefer like and Dean Coons is good at doing this. He can get a lot of stuff into a single book because he doesn't waste so much time. And I know it sounds like I'm critiquing people when I'm not even a writer myself, like, but I just think if you're gonna do if you're gonna write a book and you're trying to tell a story, tell the story and just don't tell me everything around the story, you know? And I think that's what makes Dean Dean Coots work so well. I mean, there's, but apparently is quite an styles. odd man as well. There's different styles of writing. You know, some people will prefer to you know, paint a picture and have a very specific view of mm. what they're trying to write. And to be able to have that be consistent across all the readers, they have to go in the really in-depth uh, descriptions mm. and all. Um, and when it's well done, it can still be good. Um mm. Now, if you've ever read any of um, J.R. Martin's uh, Song of Ice and Fire series, no. Um, but he do- he does really good descriptions of food, which are good to read. <laughs> I've heard I've heard as a writer though he is very good. He's just very slow. He's very very slow. Uh, um, <laughs> How long he's waiting that, on that new book? <laughs> Um, long enough to make for them to make an entire TV show, fuck it up and uh, end it badly. So you know. Wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me his last book was before the series started? Uh, was it before? Uh, he didn't release our... a book during that. No. Was it no. Winds of Winter not during? Uh, Winds of Winter hasn't happened. Well, which would you call it? One before them? Dance of Dragons. Was it not not come out like? 
during the seasons. Oh, there you go then. I can. Jesus. Check it. He does take his time. July 2011. Damn. It's been nearly 10 years since Oh, Jesus Christ. What? I'm not trying to be funny. What age is George R.R. R. Martin? Uh, he's in his 70s. He'd need to get his ass in gear then, wouldn't he? Uh, you think fair, that? The money he got from the show, he just never needs to finish that book. That's that true. is not the fucking point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I agree on. I'm just saying, you know, he doesn't really need to. If he's in his 70s, he's just relaxing there. He doesn't give a shit. Exactly. To be honest, it's been so long um, since the last book. And then the TV show did its, you know, thing whatever that was uh, I've kind of lost interest in it I don't even know if I uh, uh, care anymore do you ever get like a that's one thing? of those you know, you... oh yeah 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 like as we were discussing the other night very quickly uh, it's the exact same thing with me uh, I used to love the Helsing books and series and I never finished the series because obviously it was a year between each episode and there was just that period of my life when I just because I was so excited at the time but then I just I just fell out of I don't know. Like I say, you just stopped caring. Even though you were excited at one point, you've just been waiting and you're sort of like, ah, whatever. Mm. And I don't know how Strange. much how much of that was the, the TV show. Um, I don't get me wrong, like the, a good bit of that TV show is good. Mm. Um, I've heard it started really well. Everyone always says the TV show is brilliant at the start. Yeah, and, and then the it gets... The first couple of the, series, at least. It gets very... Do you find it's, it drops down when it catches up with the book and then starts doing its own thing? To be honest, I think it drops before that, but then when it catches up with the books and starts, uh, yeah, they're sort of on their own. Well, I, don't, I know George Martin was probably still there, but um, uh, it gets real fucking shitty. Like, the pacing just goes to shit. Mm. Um, they, they substitute the what the books are famous for is a really good character based storytelling um, and that really focuses on building the character right? and they, they decide to go right let's just do big Hollywood set pieces instead um, nah. which is completely against everything the I would have thought that's completely against an HBO show um, because mm. you have to remember this was an HBO show where famous for like real character driven let's develop a character slowly over numerous seasons and make people actually care about these people and that's usually you know you got that in shows like like Deadwood and Sopranos and The Wire um, and and then right now no we're just going to go for the big fucking bombastic things um, that have, have none of that it's like it's it's kind of it's kind of shitty yeah, you feel let down almost I feel that let down. Like I, I started to lose interest in the show. Anyway, I'd never even watched the last series of it. After I watched many seasons, is it eight? Eight. I watched as far as part way through seven. Uh, I was like, this. Yeah, this is kind of yeah. Best way I can <laughs> describe it, with that noise. On oh, here. Well, I'll tell you what then. Um. We'll, we'll, we'll finish up there are we sort of what we've been up to today with if people are 
staying in and they want a show to sit through what would you recommend then you'd you first for a series to someone to sit down and enjoy what would you recommend sit down properly enjoy it mm-hmm. it depends who you really you're looking for at the kill moment the kill. Because... <laughs> kill the kill definitely um what i've found myself enjoying most during this was a long no a longer show so it would take up more than a few hours and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. venture bros Oh, great shout. I'm, I'm able to get all the seasons plus the wee short movies they made on uh, all four for here in the uh, UK, Northern Ireland. Wait, uh, wait, wait. All of the Venture Bros is on? Yep, all four. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, That's incredible. All all seven seasons plus, I think it's two or three wee specials. Yeah. 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 Okay. I know what I will be doing. <laughs> Get on it. It's great. And see, to be honest, see for anyone, more or less like ourselves, that you know, enjoy some of the older shows, but enjoy some of the the cult stuff that you don't really mm-hmm. see too much on TV. All four has a wealth of stuff on it. The, the Black books. Some obviously know their own stuff, but there's a lot yeah, more yeah. shows as well from across the water. They have spaced as well, don't they? Mm-hmm. That's another great show. So there is, there's a lot of wee things there to keep you going. Um, Alright, Channel 4, send us money for all these recommendations. <laughs> Whenever, well, so you know myself, I like a lot of the anime, like, more dark-humoured uh, animation yeah, yeah. shows. And it's, this is a treasure trove of them. So I would recommend anybody that's interested in that to get on. Aye, because if I'm not mistaken, isn't Adult Swim, they have a deal with Channel 4 over here, don't they? I think so, yeah. Which just uh, made it amazing. That would explain why they've got the likes of Adventure. Ah, cause is it E4 or something Rick and Morty's on as well over here? Um, yeah. You're, so I, I, you got, you, exactly. You got all the shows that you're going to enjoy. Uh, plus uh, some other stuff. Like there's a new, that new Harley Quinn show. It's on right. Top 10 now. That's on all four as well. Well, I suppose it's going live as well. So probably uh, more your thing. I must. You know what? Because I was actually thinking the other day, I would love to sit down and rewatch the Venture Brothers from the start again. But was, there's nowhere I could could get it. But now there is, so I will I will be doing that. Thank you for the recommendation, Huge. Happy days. No bother. Um, Colin, what, what would if there was a show that you would suggest to, so, to someone to sit down, start to finish? What would you recommend? Um, or a couple. You know, it doesn't have to be one. You know, I mean, we have a lot of time to watch a lot of shows, like so. You could sit and read all of Berserk if you've never done oh. it. And then get to the anime prepared for very long waits. <laughs> <laughs> this this is a series started before I was born, Stu. Yep. Yeah, it's been going for a while. I mean, there's. Th- th- <laughs> You're almost spoiled for choice these days when you think about things to watch. It's not uh, mm-hmm. there's that many streaming services out there. You shouldn't really need someone's pushing you to to recommend stuff. Oh no, but it must be an idea for yeah. From from my point of view, like, I just finished up. Um, I I guess this is kind of my anime recommendation for for this episode as well. Um, I just finished up watching uh, High School High Score Girl. I'm not sure if that's uh, actually wrapped up or not because it didn't didn't really end that conclusively. But um, 
it's a 24 episode series uh all the hours so it's it's a longer one to get through um and it uh covers uh the basically the, the school life from um these two kids from elementary school goes right through the high school uh of them playing different games uh together uh growing up playing in japanese arcades and having this rivalry um and sort of how the the relationship develops over time um and they use actually real games and real footage from games There's a lot of capcom stuff in there like uh the most of the thing is like the first game they played against each other uh was uh street fighter 2 <laughs> um and they end up playing nearly every uh version of that game um and it's just this ongoing rivalry between them but there's also uh, uh love story there but between them as well um and it's it's just very very good one thing i guess it though it is cg which is right uh, it's not CG the it's, it's not the kind of cg it's it's that more kind of subtle the only way you can really tell is um the way the way things move it's just mm. not the same as hand animated um but it, it's a very good show, all in all. Um, it's uh, yeah, it, especially if if you're in the games, all it'll give you a lot of info on games. It's very like you can tell the guys that made this are are obviously very much into to that, that arcade scene. Them. Aye, um, very cool. But yeah, it, what, it's more, what was it called? High stuff. Score Girl. Yeah. Hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So it really focuses on the this this guy, and he's obsessed with games. And then he randomly comes across this girl in a in an arcade who absolutely fucking destroys him at Street Fighter. Um, and it go goes into levels of like he ends up starting getting a bit dirty to to beat her, and he he plays guile, so he starts uh, doing the the guile technique of turtling. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. He's a blocking <laughs> in the corner, um, and then just throwing sonic booms anytime they come near you. And um, Akira is the name of the the female lead. You'd like her, Stu, because she is a Zangief player. Yeah. And good one. I I, I didn't know this, but like uh, partly Japanese arcades, the uh, uh, Geef gets no respect. No one likes him. Nope. And then she nope. just goes around destroying everyone with him. Uh, and I guess any like really uh, high fucking like high level techniques with them. Um, so the, this is at the very end. There, there's a point where she wins a fight doing some sort of thing where you do some sort of weird drop kick into a spinning pile driver. Like the drop kicks a. a like a lure or something, they try and get someone mm-hmm. to do an uppercut on you, but then you you stop short somehow in the middle of a dropkick and turn it into a, a spinning pile driver. I've heard people. It actually was the man that told me about this. Was a guy called Richard Kyle who lives in Belfast. He's a big geef player as well, and he was telling me about this. If you do geef's dropkick when you're at a certain distance from the ground, whatever way you frame trap people, um, 
it's near impossible to pull off but yeah that's that's the actual technique you're talking about that would have been uh, super street fighter 2 turbo was when that was sort of introduced because that's when geef actually started getting combos and stuff so yeah that's, that's, that's actually cool that they bring that up it is high i have time you don't understand what the fuck they're all about though but <laughs> But yeah, yeah, that is true. Uh, in in Japan, Geef is considered a, a joke character. Uh, I don't know if you ever remember, not so much anymore, um, but I don't know if you ever seen any of the Street Fighter Alpha stuff. Um, yeah. Anytime. Have you ever seen any of the, the Zangief artwork in Street Fighter Alpha? He just looked like a big goof. They treated him like he was just a big idiot, basically. Um, and he obviously, if you had like Geef versus Ryu or Ken or anyone that could throw fireballs, Poor Geef was getting bodied every day of the week, unless you were Richard Ken, because uh, we we were there for the famous Fat Cat moment. Were you there for that, you Jackson? Which one? So, uh, sorry to the, the sidetrack here, but uh, there used to be like this other week clubbing up here in, in Derry that used to do uh, fighting game tournaments, and Richard Ken came up from Belfast one day, and back in the day, uh, Fat Cat was nearly unbeatable with Akuma in Street Fighter Alpha 3. And he had this very dirty tactic, but it worked, where he would sweep you and he could put in the combination for the Raging Demon as you were doing your, as you were falling. So before you would hit the ground, you would get caught with a Raging Demon. So of course he goes to do this to Richard Kyle. Richard Kyle has fallen, but Zangief is bigger, so his back actually hits the ground. So as Cat goes in for the Raging Demon, Kyle has got to his feet and puts in the combination for Geef's big ultra move. So... Akuma literally teleports forward for his Raging Demon into the loving arms of Zangief and gets absolutely <laughs> bodied. And the crowd went nuts. There was only about maybe 20 of us watching, but it was fucking amazing. The whole crowd was absolutely mad. And Cat can't believe what's happened. He's like, what the fuck? Because Akuma is a glass cannon. So I think he had three quarters of his health at that point. And by the time Zangief was finished with him, he was dead. Oh, I I can hear. I, I wasn't there, but I can hear the rage now. It was fantastic. No, it was like because he was doing that. He he got everybody with us uh, with this com or this wee sort of combo he was doing. But Kyle just was having none of that shit. So I uh, think Geef just absolutely destroyed Akuma. That's why from now on, you know, uh, ever since that day, you you will have people. Well, well, Cat and sort of everyone that was there at the time. Geef now has a wee level of respect because of Richard Kyle. I remember the time I fought Richard, it was Zangief versus Zangief uh, down in Belfast. And uh, I thought I was good with Geef, but he fucking showed me how to use him properly. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry, it's a complete sidetrack there, just you talking about the respect levels of Zangief. No, this, this, I think that this this is an anime for Geef players. And people, <laughs> people who enjoy the, the, the big fucking grapplers of, of mm. games. Because that's... Um, you're singing my language there, man. That's the, that's the character she always seems to pick is is the big ones that people don't take seriously. Um, mm. And then she's also amazing at it. Um, yeah, so that, that that's High School Girl. Um, it's really good. It gets very soppy at the end. Um, but it's also got that all that gaming history in it. Um, yeah. yeah. Um... Yeah, but I I haven't been watching a lot of stuff during this. I've mostly been playing things. 
So I finished Uncharted 4 and Rise of the Tomb Raider. Which I enjoy Uncharted, Uncharted series. I have not got round to playing. I played the first of the new Tomb Raiders, but I haven't played any of the others yet. But I hear Rise is very, very good. It is a more tombs in it. Absolute murderers. <laughs> um, you sort of have to compare the two as well, though. Oh, you do. I, I would say you... maybe Uncharted's definitely the better made game, but I think I prefer mm. Rise of the Tomb Raider. It's just a bit more uh, freeform. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If <laughs> Uncharted is very linear. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is kind of what you want. The reason I started playing that is because I just wanted to play through some where I didn't have to do 50 million side quests um, mm. and just play through the game and finish it. That's that's the reason why. That's what I was going to say. I like that about Uncharted where you know your start and you, you eventually know it's going to end before too many branching out points. Mm-hmm. I sometimes that's all you want in a game a straightforward just here's a game play through it you, you don't worry about you know if you don't do all these fucking side missions it's just just get through the game and then have a good time exactly whereas other times you'll dump hours into a game I find that really hard to do sometimes because just I don't know some weird OCD thing with they just have to do everything but I, I've started playing um uh, Yakuza Kiwami um, which is the remake of the, the original Yakuza which was on mm. Playstation 2 I think, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and I might continue playing through those because uh, they're very good um, they have tons of side stuff but the problem with that is it's all really good because it's usually <laughs> funny <laughs> like ridiculous stuff um, the, the, that you will want to do um mm. like they actually write in side quests there is some like weird not weird but uh, you know collectible stuff but um but there's a benefit to to, to doing all that stuff um to level yourself up but those games are really good that um new one is out soon where they have completely love- switched the combat from brawling to turn-based combat. <laughs> yeah, it was something dry, something dragon. Uh, uh what is it's been called Yakuza Six. Oh Jesus, that was bad. Uh, I remember I've seen the the announcement for the birth of a dragon or something like that. Or um. I assume you're fact checking first call. Like a dragon. That's what it was called. Like a dragon. <laughs> Yakuza, like a dragon. I really like the new guy's hair. <laughs> he looks very different <laughs> than, than uh Oh, what's his name? Kiryu? The, Kiryu. the Everyone the... everyone wanted him for Tekken guest character. I get that makes so much sense. Like uh, why not? Um, he's a badass. Like he doesn't give a fuck. Oh, totally. But he does give a fuck at the oh, same time. Oh, the amount of he steps on is unreal. <laughs> um, That's the thing I loved about Piggy Yakuza games was just the, the sheer brutality of the fighting on it. Uh, but he's just this big fucking stoic 
like doesn't react to anything but then no. you'll get you'll get him singing karaoke and the fucking the mini game for karaoke turns into this whole fucking music video of him chopping wood in the wilderness it's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely ridiculous uh, I see sometimes you just need that out of ridiculousness yeah but I tell you what, okay. um, I mean, there's a point in Yakuza Zero, one of the side side missions that results in you in a room fighting a bunch of guys dressed up as babies. <laughs> what? For sex reasons? <laughs> you know, you're not beating them up for sex reasons. They were there for sex reasons, and then you get involved somehow, and it turns into right. I'm beating the shit out of a lot of you. <laughs> oh, very good. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I would continue because you can get the, pretty much all of them now, um, and some uh, sort of you know HD re-release or remake. So the first two are remades, the Kiwami and Kiwami Two. Um, mm. They were remade using the engine they used to make Zero. Um. And then three, four, and five have been remastered, whatever that means. Mm. <coughs> or no, three and four be remastered. Five was wait, brand. It was uh, made for the. It was a new one. It's the most recent one, isn't mm. it? It is. And there's also a Judgment game as well. I haven't played that. That's about the same guys. Oh yeah, that's right. About a different guy. Yeah. So what about you, Stu? Um, I recommend a, or a series or something. Uh, well, I recently finished, and I know this is going to be a strange recommendation, but you have to get through the first season to really enjoy it. But Preacher, oh, oh, yeah. I finished that. Very good. Yeah, I've watched that as well. It's brilliant, but the first season, you're like, oh my god, this is so fucking slow. But they obviously learned from their mistake. Because see the moment season two, three, and four hit, they are just balls to the wall. Then mm. it, it's almost like you're watching a different show. I, I think in the first season, there's maybe I think there's t- is there ten episodes a season, and the first season maybe has like two or three good episodes. But then the moment season two hits, every episode's just back to back madness. Um, I, the thing I enjoyed about it as well, it didn't follow the book entirely, so it was kind of hard to tell what was going to happen sometimes. I thought that was pretty cool. Because if you read the book, you would expect this, 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 this. And some TV series and things like that do just follow the book, and you just know what's going to happen then. Whereas Preacher didn't do that. A lot of people weren't happy it didn't follow the book, but I was actually yeah. kind of like, no, this is just a different take on Preacher, so we'll see what happens. And yeah. some... TV's versions were far better than their comic book counterparts. I don't get the why. Like you have to stay in sort of uh, like close to the source material to yes. make it feel like it's still the same thing. But mm-hmm. there's no reason why it has to do the exactly the same thing as the source material because mm. like then, well, you know everything that's going to happen. It's like, what are you yeah, what's the point in watching it? Right. Yeah. It's, it's well like people getting upset when didn't they announce some Star Wars thing which was kind of like the Old Republic but not and then everyone went, oh why don't you just make the thing that already exists? It's like, 
why why would you why why would you mm. rehash on someone else's done Could you imagine uh, being the person in charge of that and um like what would you rather do just do the thing that came out before or do uh, something yourself i do something that all right there may be can, yeah put your of, stamp on uh, there may be whinging about it online but see if it comes out and it's absolutely fucking phenomenal and blows the old thing out of the water then it's like aren't you fucking glad I did this now that's you, you, you can't win with some people though you know that yourself man you know that yourself um, but the other show I would recommend being a big biker faggot that I am would be uh, Sons of Anarchy I'm a yeah. big fan of that show I know I know <laughs> Um, there's one. There is one very hard season to watch in that, especially if you're from this country, where they what? go to Belfast for season three. Oh, it's so bad! Oh my god, it's awful. But if you can get through that season, it, it is a really good show. And again, the final season, they just go absolutely nuts, uh, and the soundtrack is fantastic. Um, they basically do a lot of cover versions of famous rock songs. Um, but they do yeah. them in like a biker style, which is pretty cool. But, <laughs> It has some of the most lovable characters ever on TV. Like, how can you not love uh, Tig? Like, Tig's just this guy that will stick his dick in anything. He's amazing. Um, <laughs> I- I'm not kidding. That's... I'm not kidding. God, God he, mean, he means anything. Oh, yeah. Because basically, his love interest at the end of the entire show, spoiler alert, but his love interest at the end of the entire series is a transgender person. He just doesn't care. He's like, nah, you are hot as fuck, and I don't care if you're transgender. And it's that's Tig all over. He's just amazing. Yeah. He's, oh, he's just happy putting his dick in something. That's that's what makes him so lovable, though. He just because at, at the start of the sh- at the start of the series, you think he's just this real sleaze bag, and he kind of is. But then you learn that he doesn't care what people look like as long as they're willing to give him a shake. <laughs> <laughs> which is just amazing and then of course you have Bobby Elvis everyone loves Bobby Elvis yeah but yeah great show full of great characters uh, they described it as Hamlet on Harleys I don't think that's a good way of describing it <laughs> I don't I know I know but it's it's good show I'd recommend it is there a um, lot of betrayals and stuff in it oh there is I that's probably what they're getting at that's probably what they're getting at but it's from uh, Kurt Sutter who's very good at I mean he's the guy that wrote and created The Shield if you've ever watched that great show um, he's done a couple of other things but yeah Sons of Anarchy and Preacher are two shows I'd recommend like I say there's two tough seasons to get through in each show but if you get through it you're going to have a good time mm. I, I guarantee that <laughs> like, it, if anyone is watching or, for, uh, looking for anime to watch um like so so much out there but like for long longer sort of shows um you could take an attempt at the fate series i wouldn't um i would just limit it to the fate stay night uh probably i would go with the unlimited blade works because it has really nice animations that's big long 24 episodes and then it's prequel uh fate zero um that's also 24 episodes that's a like a show that you can sort of get your teeth into um there's a lot of it there um it's all that if you want something about action a bit silly um take a fucking stab at uh, jojo's bizarre adventure there's a lot of episodes of that um <laughs> jojo's a lot to get through oh and as well um 
on Netflix now, pretty much all of Studio Ghibli stuff is up there. If you haven't seen That's these, right. um, go watch it. Like, not all of it's gold. Like, <laughs> some of the stuff you could uh, take it or leave it. Um, mm. But, like, uh, even then, uh, like, the big stuff's up there. You got the uh, Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, uh, My Neighbor Totoro, um, Nausicaa Valley of the Winds, like, things like that. Um, they're all movies, but they're they're all up there. This is the first time they've been on a streaming service where you've had that sort of access to them. Um, mm. You can... They've got some of the more obscure stuff up there as well that, that they've done that's maybe not so well-known. Um, but that's that's all well worth a uh, well worth a watch. That's a good shout. I forgot that Ghibli was now up on Netflix. Very good. Um, how are we doing for time, Colin? Because obviously uh, I can't look at the screen anymore. <laughs> I think we should probably take a break now. Ah, happy days. We'll, we'll take a quick come, break, folks. Um, I don't know what we're going to do this time during our break, as normally we do stuff. But uh, yeah, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with you. <laughs> very cool um so obviously uh, we're back well thanks thanks for holding on there for part two uh and it's very coincidental there colin that you just happened to play some streets of rage music considering our next subject oh how did that happen <laughs> how did that happen <laughs> so uh streets of rage 4 has been released um 26 years after the, our last streets of rage game um and obviously we've been playing it and it there's no other word to describe it other than it's fucking perfect. It, it's it, It's really good. I love it. Uh, I really, really uh, love it. How, how many times would you say we've played through it already? <laughs> I've lost count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I've actually That's lost That's a good sign. <laughs> um, I think, so we'll quickly talk about this, but I think one of the, the biggest things you, you notice when you start playing is just how good it looks because everything is hand drawn uh, it's just it's so just so good to look at yeah like it's so smooth and it's obviously run on the playstation 4 pc xbox uh, the switch got it as well didn't it yep right. and there's no there's no difference between any of them i mean it's it's a hand-drawn game that there's not too much can go wrong but 60 frames everything's gorgeous looking and it the moment it starts 
I mean, for the last 26 years, been, there's been a lot of games that have tried to do the Streets of Rage formula. You know, there's been sort of tribute games, love letters to it, but nothing has felt quite like it until this has been released. This feels like an old school Streets of Rage game. And it you can tell that the people who made it, Dot Emu, is that what you call them? Um, something like that, I. Uh, Lizard Cube, Dot Emu, and Guard Crush are the uh, three people uh, that made the. A couple them. of different uh, studios came uh, It just. You can tell that they love this, these, these the original games, because it, it feels like a sequel stroke tribute stroke love letter to the Streets of Rage series. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the 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 gameplay is just the same. Uh, I, I I think it's got the same sort of impact and and tightness as the the original games, and they've also added in stuff um, to mm. to take it that bit further, like the the juggle, the ability to juggle oh. enemies. Like enemies no longer fly out of the screen; they bounce. Back in off the edge of the screen, and then you can get a, another few hits in and string together bigger combos. Um, the whole idea of the doing the combos um, is they've they've just developed their like expanded that out from from the original games, and it's it's really really good at um, trying to to push you to you know get that longer string um, and ju- just keep the just keep the carnage going as long as you can, um, and it just it just feels feels like the the old games, but at the same time, sort of modernize and bring brings up bit extra. Mm. Um, I know, obviously, uh, the you're talking the, the gameplay there. It it's almost like they they wanted to keep the feel of Streets of Rage, but they wanted to add maybe the the tightness of an actual fighting game onto yeah. it. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. Is um, like you want to keep them combos going. You, you love seeing those numbers coming up on the side of the screen because you want to try and get as high a combo as you can. Um, and just they've they've added some new enemy types, but obviously they have brought back so many classic enemies in just this gorgeous hand drawn style, and it's so good. Like when you when you go out to your first level and you see the wee sort of the wee punks coming with their their ripped. Mm-hmm. Fucking yeah. denim shirts and their their jeans first, and all, and you literally just go, ah, oh, this is Streets of Rage. This is so you see good. Garcia coming in, Ginger <laughs> Garcia. It's like, oh, not again. Good to see you again, buddy. <laughs> I'm gonna bust your fucking chops. Uh, and then of course you've got the the signals coming in with their fucking trench coats and their punk hairdos. And you know, yeah. oh, the only thing yeah. I've noticed is Donovan doesn't seem to know how to pull his trousers up anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Still does very uppercut like a bastard. Oh, he uppercuts like a cunt. Um, but the, uh, 12 levels in this one, so they've extended yeah. the length of the Streets of Rage game. Um, Not levels. I, I, like, I've been listening to, to some other people's opinions and uh, I've heard criticisms about the length that being it gets a bit repetitive towards it. And I didn't find that myself. Um, no way. I it's, it's just the right length. You can... Um, obviously, like hmm. it, it, it is a it is a beat em up. Um, they're not long. Um, no, it, you get through it in an hour ish. <coughs> an hour fifteen, I think. An probably, hour, probably more than an hour. Uh, um, huh. but it's also designed to be like uh, to 
play again. So you get your story mode um, that you go through, um, and just through playing that, you'll unlock um, uh, Adam. Yes, that's one. right. So he's, he's not available from the, the start, so you unlock him just from uh, getting to a certain point in the story mode. Then you've got a running points total that unlocks more characters as you go, and all those characters are uh, the Streets of Rage 1, 2, and 3 versions of uh, of all, like whatever characters were in those respective games. Mm. And it is literally the sprites with their movesets and like the just those characters dropped in which works shockingly well i how does it that's what i can't get my head around is how well the sprite characters work with the hand draw it's probably because the game just works so it's like the, the game's so well put together you know it doesn't feel like the the the, the hand-drawn guys are sitting awkward or looking awkward everything's still perfectly you know works with the the height and and you know the the, the hip boxes and everything yeah. like that. I think that's why it just you don't notice it. It is well because the like especially noticeable the Streets of Rage one characters like you don't have uh, dash move you don't have special moves <laughs> you can only do the 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 super where you you call in the police to fire a bazooka. Um, <laughs> so they they but they've made them hit a lot harder and they are faster. So they're they're actually yep. can be really uh, seem <laughs> they can be quite devastating yeah. <laughs> at times. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm still uh, I don't think I'm done with it yet. Oh no way! Um, now, well, obviously, because there was a few amazing surprises uh, during the the, the the game. I well, I wouldn't spoil it. if you're a Streets of Rage fan. I wouldn't spoil a damn thing for you. Um, but just keep an eye out, you know, there's wee sort of Easter eggs in the background and, you know, there's there's wee sort of wee standout characters and there's there's one particular boss fight when I seen it, I was like, oh my god, this is, this is not happening. And I, got, I proceeded to get my head kicked in. Um, but absolutely <clears throat> fantastic game. Um, obviously, you, you'll find it very early. It's the, the, the end, or the main character, or the main protagonists are the twin son and daughter of the legendary Mr. X. And uh, so he finally oh, they dead. <laughs> it finally just admitted, right? Mr. X is definitely dead this time. But I reckon, I mean, the game has been selling very well. I know uh, they, they they topped the, the the chart, the the charts and the digital sales and stuff. Um, I reckon there will be DLC, maybe character packs, and maybe more levels. And you know what? I would happily pay for it. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to turn down more Streets of Rage. No way. There's definitely a few of the bosses where you could say uh, that looks like that's going to be a playable character at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Two, two in particular I can think of um, that people mm. are going to want to play as. One, I yeah. get. The other, I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Colin doesn't get the love for uh, a particular Streets of Rage character, but I, I, I'm not going to lie. I've I never thought I, I just thought it was someone that everyone loved to beat up, but you know, I guess not. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic game, and of course the soundtrack is absolutely amazing. Um, mm. It's a mixture of people this time, but they they got the main man himself back for a couple of tracks. Uh, I think the overall sure. main person is Oliver 
Albert Del Reeve, I think he's a French guy that does most of the soundtrack and he, he obviously a big yeah. fan of the series because he just gets that great Street to Rage feel. Okay. Um again to try and pronounce his name. Um <clears throat> He's done a couple of different soundtracks. Agreed for Right. Alright, okay. Which is weird, a plague tale. Uh, 11-11. Oh, that'll be one about the war. Uh, um, vamp- vampire. Vampire. Vamp- <laughs> you know that? that game oh, Vampire. Hi. Mm. Get even, whatever that is. The Technomancer. Assassin's Creed 4. Oh, so okay. And so forth. But, uh, the, the soundtrack, absolutely. I mean, that is a... As much as some people say, oh, the music on a game isn't a big deal, I think for Streets of Rage, because the soundtracks are so famous, you couldn't do a Streets of Rage and not have a good soundtrack for it, though. People would notice. Yeah, and this soundtrack is very much... Um, evokes the... Uh, especially Streets of Rage 2, I think. Um, mm. uh, there, there's certain stuff in there that's going to sound... Like sort of remix or reimagining of certain tracks on the Street Rage yep. soundtrack, which is by no means a bad thing. Um, nope, <laughs> the just updated version of, of that. Um, yeah, it it fits with the game, and the, yeah, there's some killer killer tracks in there. Yeah, really yeah, like. big time. That. That will be uh I will be keeping an eye out for vinyl for that one definitely. <laughs> so what's um, what's the next classic Sega franchise that gets? Well, this is what I was hoping that the uh, obviously Sonic Mania got done and sort of brought the blue blur blue blur back into the the limelight and now Streets of Rage has been done and brought it back into the limelight. Wait, what's what is the next big one? A lot of people reckon it's Golden Axe. It makes sense. Golden Axe has an I attempt can't. within the la- when, when was that Beast Rider game? That was a PS2 one. Um, oh fuck, that must have been well over 10 years ago now, though. Apparently, that was a terrible game as well. Because yeah. I remember around the same time, wasn't it around the same time as Beast Rider, they'd done that awful Alter Beast game? You might be right. You mean the original was Alter like, Beast? <laughs> I know you're not a fan of the original. Um, it has it has this weird cult status, though. The original Alter Beast. There's no denying that. Uh, I don't know. People why. love the original know, Alter Beast, other be- than you. I think. I think it's just because people like to shout "Rise from your grave." <laughs> I guess only. And welcome to your doom. Um. But yeah, uh, Golden Axe would be the one that makes more sense though, because I think Golden Axe is very fondly looked upon. And again, it's kind of like that old school beat 'em up genre. Um, yeah. The likes of Streets of Rage. If you were gonna do it, would you get that team to do it again, or would you maybe look at another team who maybe could? Because obviously know. those guys were big fans of Streets of Rage, which is why they did it. I did like Streets of Rage for is sort of in the same vicinity as um, Sonic uh, what do you what do you call the Sonic one Sonic Mania Sonic Mania yeah it's, it had the 
It kind of had the same, but it's not really because Sonic Mania actually uses original sprites and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Streets of Four, Streets of Rage Four, is built from the ground up, so it's it's a little bit mm-hmm. different. But at the same time, it's yeah, it's taken um, a classic franchise that hasn't done anything of note in many many years and and mm-hmm. bringing it back to what made it good in the first place. Um, Although I, both I, games have been made by fans which then got just Sega seal of approval and went I'll go ahead true. and make that then is there any well there you go kids you want a job start uh, doing a fan project for your <laughs> golden axe game you might get a job at Sega uh, but make it good or they'll look at you and go get me fuck also we'll come find then... you <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, if you haven't played it yet, folks, I'm telling you, um, if you've never played a Streets of Rage before, this is a good game to get on board with. It's absolutely amazing. Um, Two-player online co-op as well. I mean, that's one of the things Streets of Rage is, is. It's a great game to play, but it's just playing it with a mate just makes it better as well. It's just one of them things. Um, and that's just really, really good. Really, really solid. It, well, I think it was fair to say it was worth waiting the 26 years. Yeah. I wouldn't have liked to wait 26 years for another one, but, you know... Yeah. Streets of Rage didn't... No, like, the franchise never never had this sort of crippling lows that some other franchises nope. has no. never had, like, a, a truly bad game. No. It's like, 3, I mean, yeah, wasn't as good as 2 in that, um, and had its problems, but then they, they stopped after that, and it, yeah. I think it's still well-remembered. I mean, if you were to compare Street Series 3 to other games of that era, Street Series 3 is fucking brilliant. It's the problem is, is when you compare Street Series 3 to Street Series 2, mm. that's when you go, aye, 3's nowhere near as good as 2. Um, but 3, if you take 3 for what it is, it is still a great game. Um, but I just, for me, 2 is the highlight of the series. Well, sorry, 2 was the highlight of the series. I would go as far to say Streets of Rage 4 is better than Streets of Rage 2. Ooh. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. Streets of Rage 4 is better than Streets of Rage 2. Controversial. <laughs> um, I, I would say the guys that made Streets of Rage 4 would agree with me as well. <laughs> they put a, lot of, put a lot of love and a lot of work into that project. Um, but aye, phenomenal. Phenomenal game. Um, but I'll tell you what, uh, I'll quickly move on and I will quickly, uh, I've been playing, speaking of remasters and come-arounds, I've been playing the remake of Resident Evil 3. Um, now I know when this got released, it, it had a bit of a mixed reception and I don't understand this because I think it's fucking brilliant. Um, I mean, if you, enjoy, if you played the Resident Evil 2 remake and you enjoyed it, then you're going to enjoy the Resident Evil 3 remake. It's Poor just... Man. It's very much in the same way as what Resident Evil 3 was to Resident Evil 2 originally. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Very, You're 100% right. Very quickly put out sequel with more of the same, for better mm-hmm. or worse. And they have, made it, yep. they have remade that game with everything the same, for better or worse as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of wee additions. Uh, so you remember in Resident Evil 2, if you were carrying a knife and you got attacked, you could... You know, stab the zombie with a knife and then kill the zombie and get your knife back. Mm. Jill doesn't have any of that. Uh, 
So when you get attacked in Resi 3, you have like a wee sort of, you just, you have to sort of basically build up your escape meter and the quicker you build it up, the less damage you're going to take. Um, they put the, you do have a knife. The, the dodge in there as well? They have the dodge, um, which I use quite often. Uh, very, very good. I'm in Resi oh, 3, I, I had no idea how you, how you it just happens no, I know. sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I was the same. If I ever dodged in Resi 3, I was like, oh! <laughs> uh, but no, in, in the remake, it actually works very, very well. Um, more, I would use it more for boss fights than standard combat, because, you know, it's it plays like Resi 2, so you can get a good shot off. Um, but much like the original Resident Evil 3 as well, compared to the original Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3 is a bit more action-packed than 2. Um, because you're running around the streets of Raccoon City, there's a lot more going on. Um, but, uh, of course, the, the star of the show everyone wants to know about is Nemesis. Mm. Um, I, I love his new design changes. I think they're fucking phenomenal, what they did with him. Um, and he does make, if you've played two, Mr. X chases you around the uh, police station. And compare Mr. X to Nemesis, uh, Mr. X looks like a mild inconvenience because Nemesis is an absolute bastard because he can move faster than you like he'll do this thing where he'll walk after you for a while and then he realizes right i'm not catching up and he will just sprint and he will just come tearing at you and unless you're ready to dodge there's no way you're getting away from him but if he gets a howly as well no matter if you full health or not he can kill you in one hit but i think the worst thing he does is when he just jumps straight up in the air and just comes tearing down and lands on top of you as well he can jump about Ah, he does this thing where he just jumps about 30 foot in the air and then he just come there and down and land on top of you. Thinks he's in a fighting game? <laughs> well, he was in Marvel vs. Capcom. He's learned a few things. <laughs> um, but And they've also... There's there's new encounters with him as well. He's got new weapons. So there's a whole section where he's chasing you through this building site with a flamethrower, just setting everything on fire. Um, but that's an absolutely amazing game. Um and of course, it comes with the, the multiplayer add-on, the Resident Evil Resistance, uh, which plays like a Dead by Daylight type thing, four against one. Um, but you have to sort of just does it like the Resident Evil thing, where you have to find the puzzle pieces, they unlock the doors, and things like that. So, sort of like four people working together against one person, laying down traps and uh, monsters and things like that. It's very, very cool. But uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend. I mean, if you've enjoyed two and you haven't played the three remake, definitely. Pick yourself up the three remake. Um, I do reckon what they'll do in the future. Um, if you're not interested in the multiplayer side of things, I can see them selling Resident Evil Three separately and Resident Evil Resistance separately, maybe. Because if you buy Resi Three at the moment, it comes with both games, and they literally are two separate games. It's not like you click, like it's not like you load up multi or Resi Three and you click multiplayer. It is literally its own separate game. Yeah, so, so they have, when you they buy have that, that separate. Uh, open yeah. beta that never actually worked yeah they had the open beta that they literally says oh we're just testing this uh, and it didn't work at all the servers just did not work um, so yeah after playing it now it it is quite good I, I reckon it'd be one of those games that would be good fun to play with teammates because you've obviously got different characters, the survivors you've got like uh, six different or seven different survivors each with their own different perks and things like that mm. Uh, they added in Jill Valentine for free. They've added in a couple of new maps for free. I think they have out said that all DLC for the Resistance game is going to be free. They'll just come as updates for free characters and free maps. Um, maybe they'll be f 
you know, new bad guys as well, because you pick your different bad guys who have their own specialist, you know, uh, super monsters basically. So somebody gets Birkin, somebody gets Mr. X, uh, somebody gets this big plant-based thing from one of the Revelations game. I can't really remember which oh, one right, it was. Right. I thought you were talking about Plant hmm? 42. It's like... Oh, fuck, if you're Plant 43, that'd be a nightmare. <laughs> uh, and then Spencer does this thing. You remember... Do you remember? I can't remember what Resi film it was, but they used this big stupid laser field, and then they yeah, done like the a piss take in Resi Four, where Leon gets past it, no problem. Uh, Spencer <laughs> uses a big laser field. Can everyone get past it? No bar. No, it's a pain in the arse. When you see it coming, you're just like, ah oh, shit, because most good players will put the the field down in a room where you can't get away. I mean, if you walk out the door, you can get out. You're sweet. But if you've just run halfway down this massive corridor, and you, you like it'll come flying at you in the space of a second. If if you've nowhere to go, you've nowhere to go. So you just get down. But yeah, it's, it's a good crack, good game. So I just wanted to quickly mention that you know, go out and try. If you've enjoyed two, definitely go out and enjoy three. So it's a good game. Rumors are swirling now about four. Yes. Which mm-hmm. is a bit weird. I I can get the- I. The, the bigger it's a bigger transition for the two and three to be upgraded yes. to modern sort of mechanics but a four is not going to be were, different yeah four is where those mechanics started technically yeah kind of is so how about instead did you just make Dino Crisis that would be cool I'd love to see that I built up or what I would like them to do is do the original version of four? Yeah, like, do you remember the the beta crisis. footage would be pretty yeah. cool? <laughs> but, Dino but I hear that's what they're kind of doing with eight. Mm. Yeah, so, oh, sorry. So, Resident Evil Eight is still a thing as well, and oh, it's yeah. doing the first person again. Yeah. But apparently, they're going to use the idea of the story from four, where you're just like tripping balls the whole time and saying crazy shit. Because apparently there's going to be werewolves and everything in it. Yeah. That uh, sounds cool. I know there'll be some people, purists, who look at that and go, werewolves and Resident Evil? You're like, who gives a fuck anymore? Resident Evil's a bonkers story. Who gives a fucking balls what enemies you're against? So, what, what do you call it, the guy again? That made the original four? Yeah. Or, uh, Shinji Mikami? Shinji Mikami, all of them. So, if that was his original idea for four... But that sounds a lot mm-hmm. like uh, Evil Within, which he oh, made. Time, I... So yep. is Evil Within just not his original idea for four? True. Uh, just remake Dino Crisis. Yeah, Dino Crisis would be amazing. I'd love to. <laughs> I like Dino Crisis because um, I didn't like going through <coughs> this whole old survival horror games, and it's like the the Raptors in that. The bog standard enemy, like the, you do not get anything easier. These are the these are your Dino Crisis zombies, and they're stronger than fucking hunters. <laughs> and they can open doors and chase. And they can open doors. Clever girl. Oh man, I've actually been playing through Dino Crisis, the original, on the mini PlayStation. Ah, fuck. Do you know that was one of the first games as well? Um, 
that give you sort of like the multiple choice things to do and all. Do you remember like, cause there'd be a, a moment where you get like a radio call and you have to make yeah. a choice. Do you help this person or do you help this person and stuff? Yeah. So there's, you could literally play the game several oh, yes. times and get different outcomes. Alternative endings. Eh? Um, mm. Yeah. Dino Crisis was really good. Yeah. Give us, give us more Dino Crisis. Mm-hmm. They could remake Code I'm Veronica. Remake. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Um, because if any game actually deserves a remake to be brought up to the... Because I know people look back on Code Veronica with fond memories, but I guarantee you could not play Code Veronica these days. Because I tried. So? It's bad. Like, you can go back and you can play Resi 1, 2, and 3. They are still good games. Code Veronica has not aged well at all. That is aged very badly. I'm trying to think of what reason there is for that. Well, I'll tell you what made me go, what the fuck? Uh, so the game obviously does this thing where you'll be playing as Claire and then it'll throw you to Chris. Right? Mm-hmm. So... You, you would save it as Claire, you'd play as Chris, and you get killed because Chris is fucking armed with a pea shooter. So then what you do is you go, ah, ha, ha, ha. You, you, you know, you load your Claire save file, you know you're changing to Chris soon, so you put a bunch of your shit in the box so Chris can pick it up, right? right. So then you've got Chris and you're like, yeah, I've got, I've got guns and stuff now. So now I'll save it as Chris, right, with all my guns and shit. But then you'll load Claire again and you've got nothing now. And you have a boss fight straight off the bat. And now your game's broke. Because you, you can't go back and you, you basically if you were gonna my recommendation, if you're gonna play through Code Veronica these days, have about eight save files that you can go back on. <laughs> but that's bad game design. Oh well. Well that's <laughs> Or that's my opinion. <laughs> I think I'm getting an echo. I think I'm getting an echo. Wonder if that's oh wrong. shit! Give me a second. Just disconnect and reconnect your headset. That seems to be working. Yeah, before Any we better? started, we were having fun with echoes. Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah. That's sweet. Anytime you get an echo, let me know, and I'll do my wee thing. That's me causing the echo, folks. Sorry. Yeah, it's only happened once so far, and we're keeping uh, in, so <laughs> that's good. Uh, well, uh, well, we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, so, Colin, you were watching the inside Xbox. Yeah, so I quickly um, watched the, uh, the trailer. So I think they're doing one of these a month, is it? Until the oh, well, is that what out. they're doing? Yeah, which I know E3 this Ooh. year, so... Oh yeah, that's true, that's true. Do it this way. So we've actually um, seen some of the, the new Xbox games in action, which is uh, the first well, finally. Air quotes are in, in action there. Um, Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this was... What they were doing was third-party stuff. Um... So no, no Halo or anything like that. They're developing themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, they keep um, banging on about the smart delivery, which just means if you buy these games on Xbox One, you automatically get them for the series. What the fuck's it called again? <laughs> the, the Series Xbox X. Series X. Um, <laughs> the the Series X. Yeah, that you'll you'll get it on that console as as well. Um, that is a good idea. Definitely is. Yeah, if you want people to like it, it's because like the lines of 
like a, a console generation are getting so blurred now is where yeah. I, I, like does that mean all these games are coming out on the Xbox One as well I would assume so uh, running at 3 frames a second or whatever but who knows <laughs> uh, so what they showed was a lot of um, not so much gameplay but like just trailery stuff I think that's a, a lot of people are sort of like, oh, why, like, at this stage, should you not be actually showing things being played in, mm. uh, like, in real time, and not just this, oh, this was all rendered in-engine, uh, which if people have a point, if you think this is all coming out later this year. Yeah, it's coming out um, to the end of the year. If E3 was to happen this year, you would expect a lot of people standing on stages playing actual mm-hmm. games in front of you, not getting reveal trailers um, uh, and, and stuff like that. But yeah, I digress. Let's let, let's talk about a couple of these games. So you just, the one I thought you'd be interested in, which is uh, about the... I don't want to say space sim, but it's space fucking pilot and spaceship nonsense. It's actually called Chorus. Even though uh-huh. that title screen that that um, was there, that is not a U. That is a fucking V. Like, look this up. Like, uh, there's no way anyone would read that as a U, as Chorus. Because I was like, Corves? 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 Chorves? So, <laughs> <laughs> um... So it it was really didn't show any gameplay and was just like a setup of the world and the, the story. Uh, they've got we like the blurbs on Xbox, so I'll read this out. Discover Chorves Chorves. <laughs> that's, what the, that's what I'm called it now. Chorves, an immersive single player experience that tells a mature dark tale of redemption. Take control of Nara, an ace pilot with a haunted past, and forsaken her sentient starfighter as they embark on a personal, redemptive journey to challenge the relentless foe and take down the dark cult, the Bader. This is a true evolution of the space combat shooter. Is this I, just like space, I like space combat shooters, and it doesn't look anything special. I, I, you don't know what it looks like at all, because... You see some clip, some snips on there of gameplay, and it doesn't look. It looks more like an action, like a proper, proper like action scroll beat 'em up game. It doesn't look like a fighter game at all. What? To me, <laughs> to me, no, I'm serious. The way it looks, the way it just is the it animation. Is. Hmm. Is it side scrolling? No, it's not side scrolling. But no, you don't definitely cry whenever you just you know the way certain animations just keep replaying for certain moves. I don't know. It's hard mm-hmm. to explain, but in my way. The way I look at it, just goes. It just doesn't seem like the way a space fighter should be. Hmm. I appreciate that sounds stupid. No, no, if that's how you want to describe it, <laughs> it just doesn't look like one. And I think, I think I, I could argue maybe I'm the one like space uh, spaceship fighters the most. Oh, I doubt. There's no argument about that, man. <laughs> yeah. So that one's got me a wee bit disappointed. Are these these games, by the way, um, do we know if these are launch titles with the thing or there no dates on it? No, there's no dates. Uh, the only one that's confirmed right, okay. for launch is uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, which will be ah, okay. there for launch. 
It's hard for you to be disappointed by a game that you literally didn't know existed, though. <laughs> right, it, see, whatever you, you, you had zero it, expectations. It, so me, see, as soon as you mentioned saying, it was a space player, I got excited, and then it just disappointed me a little. Because the last while of him trying to get it back into Elite Dangerous, which is just a space fighting game with just too much in it. Uh, it definitely didn't ever look like scale that, back. that. Definitely didn't look that level of. Uh, Simulation's the wrong word, because what are you simulating? We can't actually do that in real life, so how is it a simulate? Right. Mm. Um, what else? Right, so some game called Bright Memory Infinite, um, which I think you can get on Steam at the minute. It's by a Chinese developer. It looks like the most generic action first-person shooter you've ever seen. It looks like right. cri Crisis. Oh, right, all okay. the Crisis games, so uh, yeah. Uh, Call of the Sea, first-person adventure puzzle game set in the 1930s. Got a decent art style. It's very colourful, but can't really tell mm. much more of that. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, so, Assassin's Creed Vikings. It takes place in England when the Vikings were invading. You get to build a settlement uh, and build that settlement. Um, Dirt Five. Rallying. Okay. And drive on ice. Oh. Madden NFL 21. Shitty fuck. Uh, Scarlet Nexus uh, from Bandai Namco. It looks like a very action y type. It, it looked more Devil May Cry than Dark Souls, but it's very heavily. Yeah, the art side is very anime, um, and it looks like you're fighting mm. big massive bosses, but you're you got telekinesis powers. Um, <clears throat> oh, th th this this is nonsense. Take on the role of Yuito Sumeragi, a new recruit to the OSF, whoever they are, aiming to become elite psionic, like the one who saved them as a child. Jesus Christ, it's like every shonen ever. Armed with a talent in psychokinesis, explore the futuristic city of New Himuka and uncover the mysteries of a brain punk future caught between technology and psychic abilities in Scarlet Nexus. I don't know. Who knows? Mm. Right. <laughs> so this one was weird. It's called Scorn. Uh, the trailer looked like H.R. Geiger porn. Like. Okay. Like, <laughs> I'm going to have to read this for uh, to understand this because I have no idea what this was. The trailer explained nothing. So, Scorn is, is an atmospheric first person horror adventure game set in a nightmarish universe of odd forms and somber tapestry. It is designed around the idea of being thrown into the world. Isolated and lost inside this dreamlike world, you will explore different interconnected regions in a non-linear fashion. The unsettling environment is a character itself. Every location contains its own theme, story, in brackets, puzzles and characters that are integral to creating a cohesive world. Throughout the game, you will open up new areas, acquire different skill sets, weapons, various items, and try to comprehend the sights presented to you. That could be any game ever made. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, watch the trailer for that. It's called Scorn, and go, what the fuck am I looking at here? I will check this out afterwards. 
Um, so here's one that might be interesting. Uh, so going on from our conversation there about Town of Crisis. Second, Extinction. An intense three-player cooperative shooter where your goal is to wipe out mutated dinosaurs that have taken over the planet. Right. <laughs> I'd, I'd buy it. That, that was Dude, one of the more, more like fun. straightforward trailers. Like <laughs> it's like it's a first-person shooter where you shoot dinosaurs. So, yeah, um, Ascent uh, is some generic-looking cyberpunk thing. Uh, yeah, um, Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines Two. I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, this is just the the newest. Uh, trailer, I think it's out soon. Uh, ah, it I, I love the first one. It's it's one of the those games where it's like what they released was a broken mess, but what was there, you could see that so much potential. It was gonna be like um, like you'd hold this up to Bethesda and go, yeah, "This is how you do this, not not your shit." And this is still broken, but in a different <laughs> way. It was broken for them not having enough money and time to finish it, not through fucking laziness, like every Bethesda thing that ever comes out. Um, so, it, yeah, I'm hoping this is a lot more polished, but with the, the same atmosphere and feel as, as the original, which it, it looks to have. Um, yeah, so really looking forward to that one. Um, it showed Yakuza Like a Dragon, which you talked about already, which is the, the turn-based one. Um, yeah, it looks good. It showed more gameplay than anything else, but like, um, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, how you use her, are both out soon. Mm. Uh, the one on the left at the end here is um, <coughs> one called The Medium. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so this is by a developer called Blooper Team who have made Blair Witch, uh, Observer and Layers of Fear uh, games in the past um, and it looks very much like they're trying to make a Silent Hill game and it got me a bit excited even though the game <laughs> didn't really show much um, but they're just, the feel they're getting is is kind of is kind of doing it for me um, yeah so, in this game, you play as Marianne, uh, a medium living in two worlds, the real and spirit one. See, we already got, got the, the, yep, two, the two, two worlds. Realities. Haunted by a vision of a child's murder, you travel to an abandoned hotel resort, <laughs> which many oh. years ago became the stage of an unthinkable tragedy. There you begin to search for a difficult, uh, search for a difficult answer. Um, and just to to top it off uh, Akira Yamaoka who did all the Silent Hill soundtracks is working on the soundtrack for it that, see to me I know the, the games they've done in the past uh, the likes of Observer and things they've been sort of smaller uh, sort of smaller based games you know I yeah. don't think this the studio's ever released a big Nothing I don't want to say full game because that's wrong way to put it um, but Bla Blair Witch is a pretty big well, all their games have been that first person, not a ton of interactivity, you know, it's like, things are going to jump out of you and go, boo. Observer's very, kinda very like, good. Kind of like the Amnesia games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Layers of Fear is very much hmm. like a Amnesia games, and um, 
and it was one of those you know twitch bait let's watch this person overreact everything type of thing aye, aye, aye. um observer is genuinely very very good can be very unnerving at times um it does things in a it's a bit more psychological and i think that to me shows that they're capable of doing a silent hill side thing uh it's all cyberpunk mm. as well though but it there's a lot of weird shit that happens there and it's i think it's one of the last things rutger Hauer ever did because uh, he he stars in that game he does the the voice and lends his likeness he is dead isn't he i'm not making that up yeah the the dots destroyer did die yes i'm afraid i'm pretty sure this was one of his last projects I did not uh, know he was in that game. I am yeah. now intrigued in playing Observer. <laughs> your Observer's the one you're talking about? Yeah. I'm going to now play Observer because Big Rooker Horror was in it. He was one of my favourite actors. Oh, you definitely should. I. Um, uh, Blair Witch. Uh, I haven't really played that. I haven't never really played Layers of Fear either, either but... Um, just the fact that there's someone trying to do this. Um, and their answer is like isn't all we're just gonna try and make pt because pt was its thing and it did its thing well but that's not silent hill it was good to to set up a story in silent hill but that's very it's a very different thing from what silent hill is Um, well that was the thing that the thing about pt is silent hills wasn't gonna play like that no no it wasn't no but people got hooked on this pt thing Hmm. Yeah, the, the the medium is gonna be cautiously optimistic for something that can. Well, they seem to have a decent up. track record, so you probably a good reason to be optimistic. Hmm. You think about it, the last decent Silent Hill game we had would have been The Room. There hasn't really... Was Origins before or after the room? I'm not sure. Origins was good too, but yeah, that sort of that era was the last good Silent Hill games. Everything after that was push. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but the the big thing that's especially like Downpour. Downpour tried. They really did. <laughs> you have to give them that so like right. uh, home homecoming was just let's take all this stuff not really yeah. care why it's in the game and throw it into this game um and that'll be that whereas uh downpour they they seem to actually get that you know they didn't reuse shit they mm. tried to make something on their own um, they they just missed the mark on it. Their their monster design wasn't just wasn't there at all. Their monster design wasn't great, and to be fair, the the actual gameplay itself was just clanky. It was like well, clunky gameplay is the, kind of a staple of. No, no, no. I mean, it was just. I, I get. I know what you're saying about the, the old school clunky gameplay of Silent Hill, but this was uh, there was clunky gameplay that actually you could control. Did you ever play Downpour? I know. Yeah, uh, I finished it Downpour, was, and I know it was very easy to throw your weapon into a chasm by accident. It was pretty glitchy as well. Like, oh yeah, Silent yeah, Hill should never was. have a jump button. No, 
The moment you start putting jumping puzzles into a Silent Hill game, <laughs> you're not playing Silent Hill anymore. It would be like putting jump into Resident Evil. There's no need to jump in a survival horror game. No, that's 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 true. Yeah, and so uh, that's it for the the first one of these Inside Xbox in the run up to the release of the Series X. Um, mm. like I said there's been disappointment at the lack of actual gameplay um at the, a lot of this oh this is all in engine we swear uh. um <laughs> but uh yeah like all all the all the videos look real good it's uh. very 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 confusing but whatever um I'm guessing <laughs> if you're saying they're doing these monthly now they're obviously going to start leading up to these were all you were saying these were all third party games yes uh, they're, they're going to do an in-house complete yeah, one then I, I'm guessing I imagine and, they will at some point um, and hopefully you should see some new stuff mm. out of because if you remember last year was it last year or was it far back it's 2018 uh Microsoft went in a whole tear of buying a bunch of studios. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe we'll start to see some stuff come out from from that. But um, mm. I mean, this is all going to come out in PC anyway. So mm. I don't imagine most True. of this is probably going to come out on PlayStation as well. If so, it, oh, it, yeah, it wouldn't third swing party, in yeah. one one way or another. Um. Oh. Well, it's, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, uh, like, when are when are Sony gonna start showing games? Aye, because it, like, it is really though, we're kind of getting really close to the line here for saying nothing. I, yeah, like we're, we're technically are... at maximum. We are six months away now from the release of these new consoles, and you haven't a fucking reason to buy either at the moment, really. No. Now, I know we've it's... finally seen the PlayStation controller. You still haven't seen the fucking machine itself? I haven't seen the machine, and I haven't seen a goddamn thing to make me go, ooh. Because I remember before the PS4, a full year before the thing was released, we were seeing games in action. Yeah. And I remember I had no interest in the PlayStation 4, and the game that swayed me, as stupid as this may sound now, but I still don't regret buying it because I loved it. Uh, was I was seeing Killzone Shadowfall and I remember my jaw hitting the floor going holy fuck it can't look that good and then we obviously seen it in action I was like I'm sold I can't wait the next year to get a PS4 we are 6 months from the PS5 and I haven't seen a goddamn thing that's crazy it is a, I don't know how they figure they're going to sell these consoles um, unless yeah, Sony do this crazy two day long stream with everything in it <laughs> they're, I don't know what they're thinking uh, it's it's a weird like, yeah, not just because of the like the pandemic and that also like also, oh, yeah, yeah. you know through a spanner in the works but like Sony wasn't going to E3 anyway true so, so that didn't even make been, much of a difference for them it wouldn't have been that much difference and yeah, you would have expected a lot more to be shown at mm. maybe last year's E3 if they were going to show stuff mm. somewhere um, and they, to start 
giving people sneak peeks. That, that's where you would expect these kinds of trailers to be coming out, where it's like, here's a really, like, curated look at this game where it's really just a setup for the world and the story and the premise and there's no real actual gameplay in it. That's that's the stuff you should be getting as an announcement, like a good uh, yeah, a good year and a half before it comes out and then they spend you know, a good a year working on it and then they're like, right, here's how it plays. This'll be out in six months. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, what do I know? Because it's mad, if you, if you look at it, I, I, I don't want to keep bragging on about this, but if you look at it this way, right, Sony have been teasing The Last of Us 2 now for nearly three fucking years, mm. right? Ghosts of <laughs> has been <laughs> talked about it's been talked about for the last I think it's about three years as well um, yeah. before God of War came out I remember it was at E3 two or three years before it was released so they have no problem talking about these games years in advance but when their new fucking system is coming out in six months time they're like nah yeah yeah the thing about some of the, the games Sony's announced um, like, like you said <laughs> like you didn't have to announce Last of Us 2 when you did Final Fantasy 7 many years was that released oh, uh, announced yeah. before uh, that was, was that towards the it wasn't near the start of the Playstation 4 was it was it not no, the last I, anniversary of the of the Final Fantasy 7 no I'm not kidding technically technically if you want if you want to be really bastardly about this Sony have been teasing the fucking Final Fantasy 7 remake since the beginning of the PS3 is that where they they redid the opening scene? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, that to me was a tease. It's like, oh, look at we look at we're. Oh, like, like you you couldn't be so naive to think, oh, that no one will read anything into this if we do this. Ah. Uh, That's like, come on, people are gonna go fucking nuts if you show them that, and then you say, no, we're not making it. It's like, oh. and then all That's these years yeah. later, they released Pish. <laughs> I'm sorry, there, but there's a quick fucking synopsis of the Final Fantasy VII remake. Otter push. People seem to like it though. <laughs> People are wrong. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Final Fantasy VII, and I'm telling you, that's awful. But I'm not going to go into that. Um, what don't you like, Steve? I like the remakes. Remake it properly. Um, no, <laughs> um, give me, me Parasite Eve. Give me a remake of that. Oh uh, yeah, do that. That'd be pretty cool. As long as they do it properly, Jesus Christ, stop doing these fucking. Oh, we've got this engine that nobody thought was great, but we'll just use it again anyway. Faster. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, tell you what, we'll, we'll move it on, folks. Um, so, I know you said you did it earlier. Was that your recommendation for the real life foods of EVG Hills? Was your high oh yeah, that, that's that's what I was gonna do. Uh, high score girl. Oh, it, it, literally, it was the last show that I finished. Um, I so you could probably just leave that. That and then sure, I said a bunch of other stuff. People can watch as well. Oh yeah, fair enough. So well, I'll tell you what. Then, to, like, we'll, uh... If you have Netflix, you've while it's still yeah. not a massive selection there's there's stuff there to be in on with um and, and you, you sound like you're giving people work to do you've stuff to be getting on with go on hi 
Get it knocked out. You have to watch all of the anime. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. I guess we can move on to. I suppose this is. Ah, well, if you want, we'll we'll uh, do a wee bit of question about. Yep. We're we're gonna talk some AE dub because you know AE dub so, is still a thing and it's been going. It's been kicking ass. So wrestling um, in general. Wrestling. This is is like most other things is in a very strange place again more so than what we're talking about in video games because generally wrestling's a thing that's done in front of a live audience mm-hmm. and that's not possible at the minute and different promotions have been handling this in different ways um, and I don't watch any of those other ones so I can't really speak I did watch Wrestlemania which was pish but um, <laughs> yeah AEW have been doing their shows so they, they did a couple of live shows with no audience or well you had all the other wrestlers around the the ring but in a, in a they were doing it in a place called Daly's Place which is the Jacksonville Jaguars training ground it's also a venue for music which is owned by the Khan family who own AEW, so they're obviously using that rent free, mm. so it's it's convenient for them. So they did a couple of shows there, um, and then they pre-recorded a bunch of shows somewhere in Atlanta, um, and then just this week they were back at uh, Daly's place in the the, the bigger arena. Um, but I think one of the things they are doing so well is just having those handful of people yeah interacting have, with having the people the, in the they ring. have the crew they've got the wrestlers like sort of at ringside and then in the stand sort of filtered about the place you have the crew i think you have some of the crew's family because they're with them anyway mm. uh, it just gives a wee bit of extra atmosphere yeah um but uh, it's because i i know i know what you're saying very quickly i mean i watch impact wrestling yeah, and they obviously had a, a lot of pre-recorded stuff before the the shutdown happened in America. So while AEW and WWE were having empty arenas or light arenas in AEW's case, they were still showing pre-recorded stuff with a full crowd. <laughs> so to I know I know it's it's kind of genius though, but um, now obviously they've caught up with their recordings, and they have went down the road of WWF, and they have nobody ringside. Um, and I think because I've got AEW on Wednesdays and Impact on Tuesdays, AEW have definitely got it right. Just having those yeah. couple of people ringside. I mean, I love what they're doing. They've got the bad guys on one side and the good guys on the other. Yeah. You know, so and when I, the bad I, guys are coming I, to the ring, they always walk beside the other bad guys. It, it, it works well because, like, it's. So wrestling's very much uh, a thing where there is audience persis- participation. Um, Mm -hmm. and if you give the guys in the ring even like even if it's just one person for them to play off to Mm -hmm. for that one person to react to them um, I think it it makes all the difference so even like you're talking 20 people maximum around that ring um, and it just gives them someone to do what they're doing in the ring they're able to do that to these people immediately in front of them who can react. And I know it's like they're, they're all wrestlers and they're going to react in the most perfect way that they have to and not yep. 
which again is to its advantage. Um, and you yeah. have the fact that they they do like we're gonna set up heels on this side, so you've got like MJF and Sean Spears sitting taking bets on the match, gambling with each other, <laughs> giving people a shit, um, just acting complete arseholes. Um, there's yep. um, Britt Baker will sometimes hit people with her shoe when she's watching a match. <laughs> if if they come to the outside, she'll take her shoe off and hit them over the head with it. Because she's a heel. It's amazing. <laughs> um, and she's healing people. Yeah. And then on the other side, you got the faces. So you've, you know, you, you've got uh, the gun club, which is Billy Gunn and his son just making all sorts of fucking rackets every time a baby yep. face comes out, starting the chance in that. Um, and it, it all works. And like the... The in-ring stuff is that's always as as it as nah. it's been. It's it's good. They've transitioned more into getting local um, sort of young guys in to just do what what they call a squash match. Um, but even then, like you, the so like unfortunately, a guy like Brody Lee, who was called uh, I forget his name, WWE. Um, uh, Luke Harper. Luke Harper in WWE. He had to make his debut during during this, so he didn't get didn't get the big pop, didn't get the thing uh, like all the the big. Uh, his his uh, debut was supposed to be in his hometown <laughs> too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, so they they've been having him just uh, killing guys, but then they like, oh. the, 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 to put alongside that, you, you've also got uh, Kenny Omega. Um, one of the biggest stars, and he has a squash match with the guy, but he actually does his squash match a bit different. He just doesn't, you know, like kill the guy. He like mm. does a few things with him and and gets him sort of sort of. Yeah, he makes they're, it. They're making they're making these guys really good. look good. Um, see right. that like um, Lance Archer as well. Like he always like oh. the guys get like one wee sort of hope spot in there. Um, yep. <laughs> absolutely wrecks him. Uh, and uh, they're still doing, they're still able to give like a variation. It's not the same thing over and over again. Mm. Um, and then we've had the pleasure of Chris Jericho on commentary oh, for these pre recorded He shows. is unbelievable. And he I... has somehow managed to get a guy who is some <laughs> no name indie wrestler. And bring him into the spotlight just by shouting pineapple peat at him every time he sees him. <laughs> and saying he hates him. And now he has a yep. match against him next dynamite. <laughs> so this was... guy who a complete nobody, standing at the side of the ring, minding his own business, wearing a is pineapple now gonna be shirt. On national wearing a pineapple shirt, yep. Now he has a fucking match on national TV. Well, sort of worldwide TV. Yeah. against one of the biggest names in the world just because Chris Jericho was slabbering him as a commentator. Yeah. So he was on the, always on the face side of the ring and cheering for the faces and I think he held someone, someone at one point and Jericho being yes. a, a long commentary started shouting, now what are you doing? Pineapple Pete? Just because he's wearing the, the thing. And it became like this running thing over the recorder buttons and then so this week's Dynamite was live and Jericho was in a match when he came out they had Pineapple Pete, he was there at ringside, and they started talking shit to each other. And then now that led to the, this match. So this could be the best <laughs> thing that's ever happened to this guy's career. Like, yeah. Really. Um, and it, it's it's really cool to watch. 
Oh, I guarantee that guy was fucking on the phone day. Every person he knew going, you're not going to believe this. I have a match next week with Chris fucking Jericho. Oh, that, that'll be like a stream come true sort of stuff. Oh, um, oh no, that, that last Dynamite this week was the first one they'd done oh, live in, uh, in about a month. And it was amazing um like that that street fight the street fight which saw the debut of or in ring debut in in ring in quotes because it was a street fight debut of matt hardy yeah. or damascus or whatever you want to call him um and kenny omega versus less sex gods um, <laughs> less sex gods <laughs> chris jericho and sammy Guevara. sammy Guevara is so fucking good he oh, takes, he's on real. So we got Matt Hardy running boys over in a golf cart, and the way <laughs> Sammy Guevara gets run over, you think he's dead. I was like, geez, yep. uh, the the bump he takes there. I was like, lad, look after yourself. JRs <laughs> need to be you seen know you for years. You know, you, you know you've delivered a good bump when JR is shouting, "Oh my god!" Like mm. genuinely, like Jr. is like genuinely concerned for you. You have sold something that well because I have to admit, I was worried about him when I seen it. Yeah. I was, oh my fucking god! It's, he just headbutted that windscreen. It's, it's, it's in perspective when it's it's Jericho gets hit first, and you like you see the way he takes it. It's like oh, that's very safe. You yes. can tell he wasn't really run over. Um, mm. Then Sammy Guevara basically jumps into the air with his hands in front yep. of his face, slaps the windshield. While it's driving past him and spins his whole body around, and you're like, "What the fuck?" I don't know how fast know, he was going there when he did that, but that could have went really badly. It's how quick Guevara does it as well. Yeah, he leaves yeah. it to like the last second to put his hands up. He's. I know people are saying, "Oh, he's going to be a big thing." It's like, no, he isn't going to be. He is a big deal now. I think uh, Sammy Guevara is a big deal. He's he's so good. Yep. And then, of course, we had the, the mugging of John Moxley, who literally had his belt stolen. Oh, yeah. Brody That's... Lee decided, I want your belt. I'm going to take it. And there's fuck all you can do about it because I've got 20 minions beating the shit out yeah. of you. It also, like, Moxley's, I guess you have to give the credit to Moxley, but he's done such a good job of making himself something out of Like, he's basically become the new Stone Cold. Um, he definitely has. It's just a, That's so a he, big praise. He has a match against um, Kazarian. Really good match. Uh, afterwards, the Dark right Order with Brody Lee, who is the leader of this Dark Order, the the masked faction we've seen running about since since the beginning. Um, and they beat the shit out of him. Um, Moxie, that is. And then Brody Lee gets on the mic. And says, uh, well, basically explains the reason he's doing this is because he wants that belt. And then... He throws the mic at Moxie, who's still pinned down by all the mask guys, and he just, like, the mic line next to him, he just starts laughing and says, all you had to do was ask. And it's just like, that's <laughs> fucking brilliant. Like, he's an absolute... It was excellent. <laughs> um, and then they proceed to kick shit at him some more, and then he steals his belt. Yep. Uh, we should point out that Brody Lee as well is doing an absolutely fantastic character. Um... Oh, yeah. I'm not going to say spoofing him. He's not spoofing him. He's basically taking all these crazy stories that people, that he probably himself has witnessed yeah. and decided that he's going to base his character on the fucking psychopath known as Vince McMahon. Yeah. So, uh, 
yeah, he's basically based a character on the Vince that you always hear about back. So he's not the character Vince, and he's not doing it in a spoof way. He's doing it in a very, this person is a fucking asshole kind of way, because Vince McMahon is a fucking asshole. Um, Mm. Like, the stuff that he's established that character with, that that is real. That's Mm. how that guy thinks, from all the stories, from all the different podcasts that, like, like people close to him have said. Um, And it's, it's genius... Like he's made this bad guy out of uh, this guy that he actually perceives as a bad guy that that didn't give him a chance, um, and tried to steal his ideas. Mm. Um, and it's it's mad. Like, uh, so so Bernie Lee's from New York, and yes. he's very well spoken. He's very articulate. Um, and Vince couldn't get past the fucking beard, and he says, "Oh, you're fucking, the, you're the new hillbilly Jim, no matter what." <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're you're from a swamp, um, just because uh, you have that beard. Uh, and he's he's so good, he's so good on oh, the mic. I said, "What are you doing?" I, I don't know. I don't know if you've watched enough of it, but uh, did he ever get to talk in WWF or E? No, not really. No, that's crazy when someone who's that good on the mic was not allowed to talk. Yeah, but that's WWE. Yeah, but AEW is still on fire, and we are still on love with it. And coming up, I'm just gonna plug it for no reason. I know we're not getting anything out of it, but coming up May 23rd will be the one year anniversary of Double or Nothing. Um, so we'll all be tuning in to watch that ourselves uh it's gonna be i think we're all gonna get together on something like this and we're gonna sit and watch double or nothing live together technically yeah. still so that'll be a good crack to do we stream yeah well, well what we'll do is we'll all obviously hey, you have to buy it yourself it like <laughs> we're not gonna yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i want to support AEW. i mean i don't mind streaming impacts fucking <laughs> pay-per-views but uh, no, I'll happily pay for Double or Nothing because it was the wrestling event of the year last year. It's got a big Tuesday fill this year though because Revolution was fucking fantastic. But uh, we've got a couple of matches set already. Obviously, we have uh, Lance Archer who has been absolutely decimating boys oh, yeah. against didn't even Cody. Get in the, the, the Cody stuff. Oh, Gosh. Cody is so fucking good. Oh. I think we've probably gushed about how good Cody is before, so there's no point gushing about him again. We yeah, could, you could yeah. do a podcast gushing about how good Cody is. Um, but we've got Lance Archer versus Cody for the f- inaugural TNT Championship, uh, which we haven't seen yet. I look forward to seeing that belt. Um, mm. uh, we have uh, Brody Lee against John Moxley for the belt, obviously. Um, I have a feeling that we will have Jericho versus Hardy. I reckon that'll be a match. Jericho versus Hardy. Hardy. Aye, uh... I, I can see that being a match. Maybe. Um, uh, I don't know if it'd be nice to see, but I don't know if Hangman will be available for Double or Nothing. But I'd like to see the tag belts being defended. If not, you know, I completely understand if they can't get everyone. Um, I know some people have been saying that oh, everyone not being around has hurt people, and it's like, but you don't want people putting themselves in danger either, just so you can have a good TV show. Yeah, I don't you agree know. with that either. I mean, um, like you make a return, and the returns are always a big deal. 
Um, oh, I, yeah. I can't wait for next week's Ab- Dynamite Absence, when the Jurassic Express are back. Yeah, Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Um, that, oh, okay. that, that applies to wrestling as well. You go away for a while and then you come back. Um, Look at MJF. How good was it to see MJF again yeah. on TV? And they know how, they know they're doing it right. They know how to bring these people back in in a way that uh, that people are going to be into. Mhm. Hundred percent. Um. Aye. Shall we? Uh, I'm, I'm, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan and AEW still on top. But uh, tell you what, how are we doing for time, Colin? Should we wrap up? Aye. I think it's about that time. I'll tell you what, folks. Uh, thanks for tuning into our quarantine special. Uh, we hope it hasn't been too much of an earache on you with all the different ways we're connected. But if you do fancy, because we did have a question, um, but unfortunately the question was aimed at Amy, and she's not on this podcast. Uh, so I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll ask the question now. It was like two months ago. I can't remember who the pervy girl was that sent in the question. Uh, but the question literally was, where the hell has Amy been? So, Amy, if you're listening to this podcast, or we'll just tell you anyway, because we'll get talking to you afterwards. This wee girl wants to know where you've been. So, uh, where have you been? <laughs> to Amy. <laughs> to Amy, where have you been? I, I mean, we um, know the answer. <clears throat> we know the answer, but maybe Amy will give us a crazy explanation. That'll be a good laugh. Um, so, yeah. Uh, where have you been? Uh, I forgot the person's name that asked the question, because I don't have Twitter anymore since I don't, I've lost my old forum broke me old phone i should reset up the evil g twitter again that's why it's been so quiet i'm sorry uh, but if you do want to get in contact with us you can get us on twitter at evil g studios ni you can get us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash evil g studios uh, you can check out our site which probably hopefully should be up i should probably get some stuff written for that that's what i should actually be doing while i'm in quarantine is writing more stuff instead of reading uh evil g studios uh, com. uh you can email us at evil g studios at gmail.com and you can obviously check us out on SoundCloud, on uh, Apple Music, All those thing. things. All those things. We should hold, ah, we keep forgetting, or I keep forgetting. We have to get a Spotify set up. Sorry, I'm hitting my sofa as I'm talking here. Um, <laughs> have to set up a Spotify for Evil D Studio so you can listen to this on Spotify soon. Um, so Colin's going to, Colin, you're going to play us out uh, with a piece of badass music oh, from What Do You Know from Streets of Rage 4 yes <laughs> what, what, right. what, what do we call this amazing piece alright this is called the storm boat I think it's level 3 or level 3 you're, you're on a boat yep really good <laughs> uh So yeah, thanks for joining us, folks. Bye! Bye. Bye.